All right, are we ready to get started? Yes, let's do it. So I'm gonna just say a couple things at the, at the top. Firstly, congrats to Wiley for having more people at the Denton North Marriage Seminar than there are Denton North people. <laughs> um, but we got plenty of people who are excited to hear the recording later that can't make it. But um, so dentonnorthchurch.com slash marriage is the hub for one, uh, getting the recording later if you'd like to listen to it. Um, two, getting the homework assignments, kind of some questions. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. And then the third most important thing for during the seminar is it's a place to submit questions anonymously for the 30 minutes of, of question and response we'll have at the end. I'm sending that URL in the chat right now, but it's dentonnorthchurch.com slash marriage if, um, if you're not right by computer like the Wiley folks. And that will have a little button to submit uh, as many questions as you'd like. The reason we want to have y'all have access to that now is so that if you think of a question while they're talking about something, you can go ahead and submit it so you don't forget it. Um, and then I'll sift through them and try to find some common themes and, and we won't have just a ton of, of time, but we'll hit as many questions as we can um, and bombard the societies while we have them. Uh, so um yeah, I'll mm -hmm. share any of Joe's sin as much as you mm -hmm. guys want to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am going to pray real quick. And then, Sasadas, I think a lot of people know you guys, but if y'all wouldn't mind giving just a short introduction after I pray before you start speaking, that'd be awesome. Um, just tell us, you know, why we should all listen to you guys and not to ourselves. Um, but... Um, <laughs> we didn't prep for that. <laughs> Uh, I'll pray and um, then we'll get started. So Lord, thank you so much for this chance just to uh, hear from the work you've done in, um, in um, some of your disciples' lives and in their marriage. Um, help us just to hear as a community ways to strengthen our marriage, ways to communicate better, ways to honor you better with our, our marriage. Help us to find ways to heal hurts that we have. Um, I just ask, Lord, that you'd help us as married couples in our community to not only depend on you and look to you um, to be the foundation of our marriages, but also that you'd help us to be uh, good examples to the rest of the world of what marriage can look like when it is um, built on a strong foundation like you, Lord. Um, help us just to hear what you want us to hear and um, help us give us strength and patience to change things in our marriages and to um, employ um, things that we hear about today. And just give us grace for each other in our in our marriages. It's in your name I pray. Amen. All right. Well, just to briefly intro us, you know, I'm Joe, it's Debbie. Um, we've been married for almost 12 years. Um, and we came out of the Focus Ministries and the uh, DFW Metro Family of Churches, uh, for specifically Garland, where we've been from the beginning. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been uh, a guiding couple for I think roughly six, seven couples, something like that. Yeah. Um, off the top of our head. Um, you know, and right up front, I'll tell you, we're talking about communication and conflict, not because we're experts at it by any means. Um, we'll probably end up talking a lot about some of our own struggles as we go through. Um, but, you know, this is this is a topic that we've had to kind of wrestle with. We both came from some pretty different backgrounds, right? Mm -hmm. So. You want something more info? No, just um, yeah. I uh, I don't know if you guys know Joe works for the government, and um, you know, he's 
avoid it. <laughs> Joe manages a, a group of IRS agents, and I used to work with Focus as an admin, and now um, I stay at home and um, control a feral little four-year-old. So, um, <laughs> no, we, we're lucky enough to to be able to foster and adopt Kai, and so so I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom right now, and um, yeah, so so we we do what we can, and we um, yeah. Enjoy yeah. working with guide to decide couples, and um, and it's just we just think it's really important to be able to you know help couples go through that phase of getting ready to decide if they want to get married. So, so yeah, so we're we're just uh, excited to talk with you guys about communication and conflict, and um, you know definitely we're not talking about anything that is necessarily new. Um, and it's not like a comprehensive, you know, um, conversation we're going to have about communication, but we just think that these ideas that we're going to present are vital to, um, marriage and that, um, we should really like take the time to think about them and take actions to really incorporate, uh, healthy communication and, um, conflict in our marriages. So, so. Um, you know, we want to just kind of talk about like, why do we even want to, why should we even talk about communication and conflict? And um, I want you guys to like, just kind of think about, like, think about back before you were married, when you're first dating, you know, we spent so much time together with our partners, like just trying to understand who they are, you know, just think like, like, I can think about like, you know, late nights on the phone or, you know, talking about just random things and just getting to know your your spouse and what a fun time that was right we took so much time to um to really get to know them and and learn all the little things about them but i feel like after you get married it's just harder to maintain that same level of you know communication like and maybe just a little bit that interest right things get curiosity yeah things get a little stale and um you know, you get busy, you see each other all day long. Well, if you're working from home these days, you know, you see each other a lot. And if you got have kids or other responsibilities, I think we just let communication kind of fall to the wayside sometimes. And we don't um, spend a lot of time working to um, foster that good sense of communication. And so, so I just think that it's so much more important for us to really just develop like a, a strong um, sense of communication in our in our marriages. So, okay, let me scroll down here. Okay, so um, one of the things we want to talk with you guys about is how communication is key to relational growth in a marriage. That's communication is key to a relational growth in marriage. Um, and it's important, just really can't be over. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Can y'all hear us? Can y'all hear us still? Okay. Okay. Um, and you know, it's just so important because like marriage really shapes us, the, the kind of marriage we have and, and just the idea that um, this person that you're with, um, you know, all day long and um, that you're with 24 uh, seven, they really are there for the good and the bad part of us. You know, they, they see you when you're at your best and then when you're at your worst and we're most comfortable around around our spouses and they really are um even maybe outside of like a mentorship relationship they're kind of like 
the one other person that really can help to help you um, self-correct, right? They're the ones who are really there who, when they see the, the nastier parts of you, can really help you and guide you to being a better person, right? And, um, and we just see that like communication breakdown really is one of the most significant factors of marriages growing stale or getting discontented, you know? I think about like sometimes when we'll be out um, having dinner or something and I'll see like a couple, like an older couple just sitting there and no, and they'll have like an entire meal without talking to each other, you know? And, and I used to think, Oh, that's, that's so sweet. They have like, you know, they're just so comfortable with each other. But now that I've been married longer, I feel like, Oh, do they really have nothing else to say to each other? Right? Like, are they, they don't have anything to share about like, Oh, I saw this on, the news or I, I read this somewhere like it's it just has gotten co- too comfortable right like sometimes it gets so comfortable that we're just sitting there and we're just eating a whole meal and no one is talking right so so I just think <laughs> I just think that like um it's just so important for us to not let, let not let our marriages grow stale and in that in that way okay so but the good news is is that um you know, communication is really a skill that can be improved. You can, mm-hmm. um, you can improve your communication if you really put in the time and the effort. And um, it, it just reminds me also about thinking back about when Joe and I were first married, we definitely had different communication um, um, methods. Like when we argued, um, my family, everyone just like blew up and we all yelled and we were very passionate about what we were saying. And um, we like just kind of basically threw up everything we wanted to say, whether it was nice or not. And then that was it. And nothing ever got resolved, but we got our say. And Joe's family, like they are, they have some like real passionate people. And then his mom and him are like very analytical. And so they are very thoughtful and calm (laughs) when they think about, you know, how to, um, to have like a, uh, to have an argument. And so when we first were married, I would just like, you know, do my, my thing. I would like blow up and I would just say all this stuff. And then Joe would be like calmly trying to talk to me about it. And, and I just remember how much like that to me, I was like, what are you doing? Like, aren't you upset enough about this situation to yell too? Like, you know, why are you just being so calm about it? But really, truly, we kind of had to like understand how to um, have arguments with each other, how to like really respect each other's, um, uh, like arguing style and then, and figure out how to like work that for, you know, for our marriage. So, so we, we definitely had a time where we had to discover like, you know, this is a better way of, um, having arguments as opposed to just, um, you know, yelling and then him speaking to me in a calm manner. (laughs) And we'll unpack that in just a bit, a little bit more. Um, but yeah, we we came from two very different places. Just like every couple, it, it, I would say just about every couple will have substantially different backgrounds and experiences, perspectives, personalities. You're blending all that together and it's, it can be tough. You know, when you're day in, day out with this person, having to figure out how to have healthy, positive conversation Um that is uplifting and, 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 and powerful for your marriage. Um, 
So for just, I'm going to comment for just a moment about the relationship between communication and conflict. Um, first of all, you know, n- not all conflict comes from bad communication. Not all conflict comes from bad communication. But bad communication will cause more conflict. Okay. And then I'll also say that conflict can't, it's not going to be effectively resolved without positive communication, without effective communication. The best way to resolve conflict is um, is through effective communication. Um, There's my nonverbal gesturing, y'all. So, um, you know, what does effective communication in a marriage look like? You know, I would say, first of all, it's, it's, it's going to be frequent. It's going to be open, honest, but tactful and timely. Right? There's kind of a balance there between being open and honest and tactful and timely. Um, it should be intended to build up rather than break down. You need to think about your motivation when you approach communication. It's a vehicle for showing love and respect in marriage. Um, but not all communication has to be heavy, of course. We know that. You know, there's, I, I say laughter is one of the healthiest things for a marriage. Um, having positive nonverbal communication and, and physical intimacy, all those things are very important as well. Um, I do want to also kind of comment about this idea of you might have heard like there's there's like a ratio of positive interactions with your spouse versus how many negative interactions you should have. And I don't know that the number itself is quite so important. I think of her five as being one of the more common ones they toss around. But the idea here is that in your marriage, you should be having far more positive interactions with your spouse than negative. You're going to have some negative ones. Have to do, and I say negative just in that it's 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 stress based. It, it, it can create stress, or so you're entering an area where you're gonna have to go through some stress in order to resolve a conflict potentially. Um, but all these positive touches, these positive communications that you can have, they kind of build a safety net for your communication. So make sure that you don't forget to build in lots of positive communication, positive touches, um, the little things along the way. So you kind of build and kind of, you heard about that love bank concept. You wanna put credits in your spouse's love bank. Cause if you have to take withdrawals in order to make to go through some difficult conversations, you wanna make sure there's something there in order to take out. Your spouse has to be able to trust you. You know, um, I have a corny analogy that may or may not work, we'll see, but it's just, um, I'm, I'm picturing like this campfire, okay? And your marriage is kind of like this campfire. You know, in order for that um, that marriage campfire to burn, um, you have to put energy and, and fuel into it. What is that fuel? What is that energy? Communication. Love. It expressed through, the communi- love expressed through communication is one of those ways. Um, but you have to be careful. Communication, you could also throw it in the dumpster and start a dumpster fire instead, and that could be your marriage. <laughs> All right. Oh so, you know, the point here is communication is a double-edged sword. <laughs> you know, you want to make sure that you're putting um, this energy into the love campfire. Good. Answer. It's a really terrible analogy. But just <laughs> bear with me. Um, if you don't do that, okay, it begins to dim 
it's not a self-sustaining environment here, this campfire, right? If you're not actively putting in energy and communication, fuel, fuel right? It's going to wane. It's going to grow dim. It's going to grow dark. And there's just going to be left with embers. So you have to tend your fire. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. I have to laugh because Joe's like dad jokes um, bank is, is robust like he has he has like really moved into that like dad jokes area real strong like <laughs> so he, he really loves that okay so so what let's talk about what's necessary for effective communication in a marriage right so one of the very most basic things we think about is spiritual alignment right you need to both be seeking god separately and together right it's it's really important to just have the same kind of spiritual foundation to work from. Um, and, and I think that we talk about that a lot when we talk about the guide to decide and when we talk about, you know, in, in these, um, the, the marriage classes, the seminars, because it is the basic foundation of our marriage. Right. And so, so um, that can't be uh, looked over. And I think another thing that's really important is uh, mindfulness, just, being present with each other and engaged. Um, so Joe and I, 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 in the beginning of our marriage, found myself a lot of times would come into the room and I will have this like full on conversation, like say, talk about something for like a good two minutes. And then I'll talk to her and to Joe and I'll be like, so what do you think about it? And then he'll turn to me and he'll say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear anything you were just saying. <laughs> and, and I would be like, I just had a conversation with only you because you're the person in this room, like no one else, right? Like the dog doesn't understand me. And this was before we had Kai. It's just you. And, but um, <laughs> I think one of those things that I had to remember was that like, I had to be, I had to allow him to like have time to switch over his brain from like whatever he's doing to really be ready to engage with me. Right. And just so, so it took us time to really understand, okay, I have to like be mindful too of what I'm saying to him and when I'm saying to him and when I'm, you know, talking to him about stuff and, and when we're each both ready to like, you know, discuss something. Um, and I've had to learn how to like detach the other end of that. I've had to learn how to detach and become mindful to become present whenever she's talking. Yeah. Because I'm not just like talking to myself and having like a whole conversation to myself, which I guess I could try to do that too. Um, I think something that we we would love to suggest is like trying just have to have device free conversation time with your spouse, right? That's I feel like devices these days are um, are such an easy way for us to kind of like let's say oh we're having quality time together, but quality time is that we're both sitting in the same room with our, our phones and we're both on our phones, right? And so so detaching a little bit from our devices, I think is um, a great way to really show your spouse that, okay, I'm, I'm serious about like spending this time with you, right? And um, something else that's effective, that's something else that's necessary for good communication is, is having respect for each other's ideas. You know, a lot of times we can say, okay, um, uh, maybe let's say your spouse is saying something that is is way out in left field, but 
um, instead of saying, oh, you're wrong or oh, I don't understand, you know, I don't think that's true. We can say, I hear what you're saying and I validate that you have this, this idea, but, you know, we can talk about like whether it's based in reality or not on, but just validating that this person is feeling a certain way and, or thinking a certain way goes a long way to making you feel like, okay, I'm being heard and I'm being understood. Um, and before, you know, we can effectively really communicate to back to our spouses, we really need to learn how to listen to, to them. And, you know, listening is that learned skill, just the like really sitting and actively listening to them and um, hearing them and responding, asking, um, I'm sorry, responding in, in a way that's like you're asking questions, you're trying to clarify, um, whatnot. So, um, and, but we'll and, talk more about that in a, in a little later on. Yeah, Debbie's got another section on that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so let me ask a question here for just a moment and just kind of think about what, what this answer might be. Why is communication in marriage hard? Why is it sometimes hard? Are you asking questions? I'm just letting them think oh. for just a few seconds, okay. Um, you know, there's probably several reasons, but one of them is just that before your spouse, they know your best qualities, your weakest qualities, they're your biggest fan and your biggest critic. Um, there is a degree of familiarity that comes with that. And in that familiarity, sometimes we just break, lose, drop our filters. We don't control our thoughts and our minds and just the way that we decide to view our spouse or the way that we, um, um, and the way that we communicate, we forget perhaps that we have different needs and expectations. You know, we have different communication styles. For example, you know, if I'm an analytical and I need time to process something, I need, I need to think and evaluate alternatives and options. Um, but my spouse is, is more of this driver type, you know, she's already got like a plan or an idea and she's going to drive it through to completion right then and there. Well, you know, that's, that's, there's, there's, it's, it's very easy because we we're making decisions together. Okay. And this leads into the next point. We, it's not me, it's we, and pretty much everything that we do, we have point goals, there's that team concept, which I know some people don't or don't enjoy as much the idea of it, but it's, it is kind of true that, you know, we are a team. God put us together to be a team to work um, and accomplish the things he wants us to do. Um, working in a team, you know, working in your marriage, it's, it's difficult and it's challenging for a lot of those reasons. Um, but I'll say this, you need to make sure that despite whatever disagreements and miscommunications you have, Along the way, remember that your unity and your shared objectives as a couple should supersede any of your individual objectives or your goals. We comes before me. This is a tough heart change that doesn't go away the moment you say I do. Um, putting we before me takes consistent, conscious effort. And it's in many ways counter to our nature, which is why we need God's help. You know, he allows us to have grace and selflessness beyond our means. 
So, um, you know, let's, I just want to give you guys a few ideas about how do we share our feelings um, in communication? Like, what can we do um, if we're in conflict or if you're not in conflict? Like, what kind of, just a few do's and don'ts, right? So the very basic thing is all do be open and honest, right? But be tactful and timely. Um, and we think that this is really important because um, sometimes uh, the the tactful, especially like have a lot of grace in the way that you're saying something to someone, um, because I think that can automatically get our spouse in like maybe a defense mode if we're um, being too honest to the point of like hurting feelings, right? And um, and also the timely thing, we, you know, sometimes like maybe you do need to get something off your, your chest, but you have a spouse that wakes up at say five o'clock in the morning. Maybe, you know, 1 a.m. is not the time to, to decide that, oh, I need to talk about this, this thing that's going on in our marriage, like right now. Right. So, so, and and I understand that people, you know, they don't, if you're angry, yeah, don't let the sun go down on your anger, but, but there is the best, there is a better time than maybe 1am to discuss some of this stuff. Unless you guys are both night owls, then, then maybe, you know, more power to you. But, um, but also to remember when you're sharing your feelings to be, to be humble, right. And to be, um, to be patient with each other. And um, don't disregard the other per- the other's concerns. Um, like if you're um, if your spouse comes to you and tells you, "I feel um, concerned about the stuff I'm," you know, like let's say your spouse came to you and said, "I'm seeing all this violence on on the news. I'm concerned about it. You know, I'm worried about my my own safety or the safety of of people around me." You know. Don't disregard that. Don't brush that aside. You need to seek, of course, seek first to understand, right? Before you can be understood. We really need to like actively work to to um, make sure that the, that we're understanding before we try to have somebody else understand what we would say. Um, and something else that we we want to suggest to not do is, of course, don't be passive aggressive, right? Where your spouse is not a mind reader and And I know we say this all the time that they're not mind readers, but I think we easily slip into this place where we think, oh, yeah, my spouse should know that if I'm um, answering in a two word sentence for everything that he says to me, I'll know. Like if I just say it's fine or it's okay, like that he just that they'll automatically know that, oh, everything is fine and that nothing is wrong. Right. So we just need to make sure that we're sharing what we're thinking and not like holding it in. And, and then also not letting things build up, right? So that sometimes is something that um, people will do. They'll let the little things build up. And then maybe if your spouse, um, I don't know, forgot to take the trash out, then you just blow up and you have this big old thing. But that wasn't the, the real catalyst. It was really the fact that like you never said to this, this your spouse, hey, it really annoys me if you don't take out the trash on time or something like that. So, so not letting things build up. And then also um, not dwelling on past grievances. I know that like, you know, that's something that for couples who've been married a long time and have been through a lot of life together, if we don't work through those issues and we don't move past them and truly leave them in the past, 
they kind of just are like, they're like kind of like ghosts. They just kind of follow you from place to place and, and, and it can't be healthy for your marriage to be carrying all that baggage. And so, you know, when you really, when you work through stuff, strive to really truly work through it and, and let it go and, um, and not carry it with you. Mm -hmm. Um, also don't avoid conflict, you know, don't, don't, if you're, if you're conflict adverse, if you don't like conflict in your life, um, the work towards overcoming that because, because, because sometimes you need to engage in conflict to work through something, right? And so if we don't engage in it, if we run from it, it can't, it's not healthy for um, your marriage. And surely there's other things you must be also trying to not engage with if you're, you know, if you're like an avoider. So, so that's really important to work on, on, um, on that. And, and I, and I would say that like, if your marriage is a safe and open place, then you should feel, um, safe to share that with your spouse right and so we need to strive to work towards a a space where you can feel like it's okay for me to bring this to you and say to you you know what you did hurt my feelings or or something like that and also um but we want to make sure that when people when we say to you you know don't avoid conflict we also want to say don't delay conflict right don't just don't let it build up i guess that's similar to you know, not letting it build up. Um, and, you know, conflict is just a natural part of growing together and, and becoming a better, um, a better, having a better marriage, right? Just mm-hmm. that, that we um, don't let the bitterness and, and um, things like that build up and, um, and be, which will, it will, if we do, you know, continue to avoid uh, conflict. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> when you have communication just with anyone, right, there's, um, y- y'all might remember in the Guide to Decide book, there was like these four spheres of communication that they talked about. Um, and, you know, the, the first one was like the sphere of casual communication. That's what you do with the stranger, okay? That's just um, talking about the weather or something, right? Then like the next sphere, you know, is providing like life history. So maybe you do this with an acquaintance, someone maybe that, starting to build a friendship with. Um, then there's the next sphere, which is like revealing my perceptions and values. This is probably where your friends are, where you feel comfortable to talk about what you care about, right? And then the, 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 the deepest sphere is what they call the emotive sphere, the emotive sphere. And that's the, that is when you have a safe place that you can share how you feel, you can share your vulnerabilities, your dreams, your fears. And this kind of, this sphere is a gift from a person and you cannot abuse it. Your spouse lets you into this sphere, this area, this emotive sphere and and enables you to um, have a a view, have even sometimes a voice into their vulnerabilities, their dreams, their fears, treat it with utmost respect. Um, this takes time to build and we have to be very cognizant uh, when we're with our spouse that when they're sharing on this level um, that we pay great attention and have conversations at this level with your spouse. Don't keep it at the highest level, talk the weather, you know, 
share from the heart, you know, share from the spirit with each other. So there's this quote that's in God to decide. I really don't know who it's attributed to, but you know, we'll share it. It just says, we err if we think we can demand or expect deep, much less absolute openness in our relationships without each of us nurturing a very safe place for others in our lives through careful, patient, and nurturing love. That's what you need to have in your marriage. Careful, patient, and nurturing love. And it's it's too easy to just have um, an ideal or openness, but fail to do that groundwork that allows for that kind of fruit to grow in your relationship. So you have to protect and nurture that very safe place, that emotive sphere in your relationship and engage in it, be part of that. Okay. So, so a little bit more about communicating during conflict. Um, we think it's really important to share your, your feelings responsibly um, again, you know, what we say to each other is really important. Oh, and, um, okay. Um, um, so, you know, raw feelings have uh, the power to hurt people, um, to really hurt the other person. And, um, we have a verse here in Proverbs twelve eighteen that says there's there's one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You know, um, it is really true that when we just, when we use harsh words, like in a, 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 you know, a hurtful way, it really hurts your spouse so much more even than when you're just saying it to like someone, you know, like a friend or somebody else, because this person is open to you. They're vulnerable to you. Right. Um, and, and sometimes you know, if you need to say something, something to them, like you can, like, what is it that Ronnie says? You can always say more louder later, right? Do you, you can, you always have the opportunity just to elevate what you're saying, um, say it again to them, but you can't take back the harsh words that you've already said. Right. And so, uh, we just need to always be aware of what we're saying to each other when you're in that, when you're in conflict and, um, and so there's just there are some words that we have to be aware of when we're speaking to each other in conflict that that are um, that. Yeah, yeah. We're hearing those pop that we're hearing right Sorry. now. I'm getting some weird. Sorry about that. I don't know what that is. Okay. I just muted Wiley. I think it was um, coming from oh. them. Okay. Sorry, Wiley. Oh. Sorry, Wiley. <laughs> So just be aware when you're saying words like, but, no, can't, won't, um, those words can, you know, make the other person feel rejected or dismissed or helpless. You know, the, when we, when maybe if they're trying to respond back to respond to you about something, um, and then we're using words like you in an accusatory way. Um, you know, can immediately put the other person on defensive um, and saying words like should or shouldn't um, or don't or better not. Um, those make the other person feel, you know, inferior and resentful, like of your authoritative statements. Um, and then words, of course, like always and never are um, really generalizing words and um, can be heard by the other person as uh, a harsh absolute. And, and I think sometimes when we say it, when we say like, oh, you always do this, or you never do this, 
um, maybe we're just not thinking about like the importance of the words that we're saying, right? Because mm-hmm. we use those words uh, regularly, but uh, just not really truly being aware of like, okay, always means like all the time and mm-hmm. never means like you never, you know, so those are pretty big words for things that words that we throw around. Yeah, this matters a lot. And just don't try to just inject this emotional oomph by your choice of words. Right. You know, and then, of course, um, in conflict, it's just never we want to say it's never okay to like block your spouse or to, you know, hit or um, keep them from leaving. Um, It's just, you know, if someone needs to take that time to step away from a conflict, then we we need to honor that time. Right. Um, And uh, don't press a cornered spouse. (laughs) Right. Don't like block somebody in. And of course, don't try to um, control or emotionally manipulate your spouse. You know, you you want to this to be an open and safe space when you guys are in conflict. And and also, it really is okay to say to your spouse, "Hey, I need more time to process." You know, like time to process is good. It's not about avoiding the conversation, but more about I need uh, the space to think this through. Like so. So uh, an example is when Joe and I first were married, we like, you know, we said we, we struggled with um, conflict, uh, how to do conflict. And, and he, as an analytical, is immediately like has wor- is working through, you know, all the scenarios in his mind for whatever conflict we're having. And I'm a, an emotional person. And so like, first, I have to get past like, you know, freaking out and, and like, you know, being emotional. And then I'm like, oh, okay you know, maybe 20 minutes later, then I can have that conversation. And yes, I might a lot of times come up with the same, um, like, like if we're arguing about something, we, we might be on the same page about it. And, and I actually agree with, with, with what he's talking about, but I can't get there until I've emotionally processed the, the conflict. And so, so a lot of times, you know, he just finally figured out that, oh, I just need to give her some space and then she can come back and we can have a conversation about it, you know? And so you kind of have to learn with your spouse, like, oh, do you need more time to process? Um, and then what, you know, then we'll come back and have that conversation. Yeah. Um, so in the next point here, you know, just we need to understand that the context of the conflict is more important than the content of the conflict. What does this mean? This means like what we say to each other in conflict is generally less important than the circumstances that created that conflict. You know, don't miss the forest for the trees. Um, It's it's easy to get hyper-focused on whether um, I think something is right or wrong in that moment. But you have to understand that each of you come from different perspectives. Each of you have different concerns, goals. You need to work through that, think about it, and respect it. You know, don't merely focus on the on any of the communication failures that you or your spouse have. Um, but you have to understand that your spouse is speaking out of a situation. If your spouse is really concerned about something and it didn't seem like that big of a deal to you right then and there, you know, you need to like zoom out a little bit and stop focusing about why it doesn't make sense to you. And then start thinking about why is this, why is this something that's concerning my spouse? You know, what do I need to, how do I, how can I step in my spouse's shoes so that I can begin to understand? 
this goes back to that seek first, understand, then to be understood. Um, how do we kind of do this? Some different ways to kind of like process through how I can step in my spouse's shoes. Um, remember that there's this four P's. I think um, I think Josh mentioned that Brad um, came up with it or is borrowing it from somewhere. Um, but the four P's are personality, perspective, presenting, like your communication style, and principles to your values. So that's personality, perspective, presenting in principles, okay? And your personality, that's like your Taylor Johnson test stuff, right? Um, understanding that some of you are more expressive, some are more inhibited. Um, some of you are more objective, some are more subjective. There's different things that, about your personalities that are different and you need to understand that. And if you and if you did go through Guide to Decide and you have those um those notes or you still have the Taylor Johnson test, um, it would be great to go back and just look at those, you know, or, or if it's been a while since you've taken it, you could also think about retaking it, um, you mm -hmm. know, and really seeing where you are, because of course, you know, people change over the years. And, and if you see that you have, uh, you don't understand maybe the kind of like, uh, where your spouse is coming from with their personality and how to like work with that then it might be a good idea to go look at taking it again. Cause that's not, you know, it's not a, a long test or anything. And, and it usually isn't cost prohibitive, but can really give you a good insight into like understanding, you know, how to communicate mm -hmm. with your spouse. Yeah. And just like, for example, you know, if your spouse is perhaps subjective, okay. And you're perhaps more objective or maybe you're both subjective, but in that moment, another spouse is being subjective, being able to just step back, and, and, and recognize that if there's some subjectivity there, that perhaps there's another stressor that's in the background that you don't, that you're not seeing. Um, and maybe what your spouse is really upset about, not really you, <laughs> but it's this other thing. And as a consequence, you know, you just kind of get a little bit of that um, uh, friendly fire from that process, whatever you want to call it. You get burned from the fire. You get burned from it, you know? Um, and, you just have to be aware of that, knowing that sometimes if your spouse is being subjective, that now is not the time to press an issue, <laughs> you know, give time to cool off, think, and then, then address it. That's just an idea there. So this is that perspective, right? What are the current life issues that each of you are dealing with? What are the stressors that you're dealing with? If you're sick, um, if you're whatever it might be, okay? those stressors, if work is particularly bad um, and, and creating issues, um, if, you know, if uh, um, one spouse has been with the child all day and it's been a rough day, um, those sorts of things, they're stressors. You have to be patient and understanding and humble with your spouse. So the presenting one, um, this is about you know, how, you, how you approach your communication style and how expressive you are. You know, if you're, if you're, um, a particularly expressive or emotional person that's combined with that expressiveness, um, you need to understand that, uh, um, or maybe I should take the other side. If, you, if your spouse is more inhibited and less likely to vocalize the things that are really concerning to that spouse, if when you start seeing those little hints of concern, pay quick attention to that and understand that there's something there that maybe you really need to pay a lot of respect to um, ask 
lots of questions, not in a, in a, in a interrogatory way, but really in a sincere trying to understand way and making sure that you understand um, uh, what what's going on there. So there's just this part of um, understanding that the way that your spouse is delivering information might tell you a little bit about what's on their mind and what really matters, this context in the argument. The last thing is principles. You know, how do you define what's good or done right? You know, what are the objectives? What are the what are the what, what's what's kind of the end game here that this person is perhaps trying to get at? You know, um, so all these different things are contextual, um, but it's helpful to understand them. Zooming out and recognizing that in the moment what you're arguing about might not really be what the real issue is. So let's talk a little bit more just about um, how we listen when we're in conflict and when we're communicating, if we're actively listening. Um, I know that, you know, um, we, we talk about active listening, but what is active listening really? Um, so uh, number one, it's about paying attention. We're paying attention to the person that we're speaking to and um, we're withholding judgment from them. We're just listening, we're, we're taking in what they're saying. And um, number three, we're reflecting in our own minds, we're thinking over what this person is sharing with me, you know, what are they trying to tell me? And then if we need to, we're, we're clarifying, we're asking um, pointed questions, not just like general questions, but we're wanting to know more. And so we're actively asking, okay, um, tell me a little bit more, or um, you know, uh, clarify this for me. And then um, we're summarizing those things back to this person. So let me tell you what I heard so that I can really let you know that, okay, I'm understanding what you're saying and not just hearing what I think you're saying. And then of course, we're sharing with, you, with each other, um, uh, you know, maybe our thoughts about something. So, so when we work through, when we pay attention, when we withhold judgment, we reflect, we clarify, we summarize, and then we share this kind of um, active listening, um, like, uh, I guess, these steps, they really, you know, let your spouse know that, okay, I really care about what you're saying, because I'm doing the things that um, the most that I can do to understand and to, um, to, you know, really be aware of what you're trying to say. So um, an active listening is a skill. Look it up if you've never heard the term before. Um, there's some interesting stuff you can learn about it. Yeah. Okay. We've got eight minutes left on the clock here. Oh. Josh, do we, do we have to end it exactly four? If we go over a little bit, is that okay? Totally okay. To go over a little bit. Okay. All right, we'll go. Go ahead and finish your listening piece. Okay. So... Um, of course, what does active listening really look like? We talked about the actually listening, giving attention. We're not just um, responding with our ideas and our advice like immediately. Um, and then uh, one thing to remember is, are we hearing the other person's voice or are we really just um, hearing our own interpretation of what they said? You know, a lot of times um, you'll your spouse will say something to you but we've heard only what we thought we, what we thought they said, as opposed to really truly hearing what they're saying. Um, That's and, a big one. you know, in your mind, we, uh, let's see, we want you to be focusing on understanding what they're saying rather than processing how you want to respond, right? A lot of times you're listening to your spouse talk about something, but truly in your mind, you're just thinking about 
well, this is the the little barb I'm going to send back, or this is what I'm going to say back to their their you know what they're saying. And um, something else to do when active list when actively listening is ask questions, ask lots of questions, you know, and um, try your best not to to react to stuff. But even though sometimes you might react, it's always best to um, to just um, ask questions and understand. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, so here's just some some other just kind of general bits of, of conflict wisdom. <laughs> um, marriages without conflict are marriages without love. So and the idea with this is, you know, if I care for someone, you know, I'm going to be involved in their life. And if I'm there, if I'm, if there's going to be friction and there's going to be decisions that have to be made. We're two different people. So if, if there's, if there's an absence of conflict, then you can be, you can be assured that there's some problems there. Likewise, um, if there's too much conflict in a marriage, um, then there's, sorry, 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 Debbie's talking around my notes here. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, if there's too much conflict in marriage, then, um, then you're in, then you're in a situation in your marriage when there might not be the kind of love that needs to be there. Um, you know, if you care for someone, you're going to be careful about how much conflict you're going to try and introduce in your marriage. Um, you're going to care about how you do it, when you do it. Um, yeah. So in other words, what I'm saying, like, pick your battles, right? Um, check your selfishness. It's, it's just not worth it. Remember, it, we comes before me. And then ask yourself, what's really, this is that zoom out thing again. I know we're being redundant here and repetitive, but this is important. What's behind the disagreement that you're dealing with? You know, are you distressed? Are you not feeling well? And be careful if you're being subjective. Um, yeah, so just, and watch your words, as Debbie said. I like those, those words that she talked about. It's really important. The words that you say can, can really create conflict. That's not what I'm trying to say. They can really worsen conflict, always and never in particular. Um, yeah, go ahead with your... So, so we were just calling this super important stuff, but just some of the things to remember again, um, to go over about that love keeps no record of wrong, right? We're, um, if you truly care about your spouse, don't dredge up old stuff, like leave it in the past. And um, if you haven't worked through it, then actively work to to get past it and and deal with whatever it is that you're um, that you're upset about and and truly um, you know forgive if forgiveness yeah, is needed. It's huge. Um, and um, have grace. You know, say I'm sorry and say I forgive you. I know sometimes um, after a com- after a conflict, sometimes maybe you've forgotten to say I'm sorry or or I forgive you. You know, those are pretty important and. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just better to, it's better to be wrong than to fight tooth and nail to win, right? Sometimes it's, it's better just to say, okay, like, yeah, I, I um, am sorry, you were right. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm not saying it like, you know, it's painful. Debbie right? wants to say, I'm sorry, sorry you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it is hard to say that, you know, like, and, and and I would say that in the beginning, when we were first married, I, we definitely, when we were fighting, I would like, I told myself to try, I like, I gave this, I gave myself this, like, um, this thing so that I would like, 
be the first person to say, I'm sorry, because I always hated saying I'm sorry, you know, and because I'm prideful and, and, and just awful. And so I would have this like little thing, like, okay, if we had an argument, I would strive to be the first person to say, I'm sorry, so that I could like get to that point, right. To like, be like, okay, I, I, I'm sorry about what we did and, and reconcile. And because sometimes you just, have to somebody has to take that first step and just reconcile and fix it right and and not uh, and not always just like um uh just let just to be the winner right um i think this is a really this is a really big deal this was, was this has been a really big helper for debbie and i is really what i'm getting yeah. at because he also had trouble saying i'm just saying it's yeah. not just and, and that was surprising <laughs> to me just with my personality i always figured yeah sure i can say i'm sorry or i can i can i'm okay with you know losing a cotton argument or whatever losing see there's that win loss kind of mentality it, go to your next point because this okay. is this is it okay well uh this one right here yeah. so you can be factually right but relationally wrong right and, and that's a loss like choosing to be relationally right and loving your spouse more than winning an argument is always going to be a win. And right? that's it. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't, if you can just say, okay, I love my spouse more than being right. Then, that's then it. you've won at the end of the day. Right. And so I will do whatever I have to do to reconcile and to fix this for the harmony of our marriage. Right. And that's, that's always important. And, and also just, you know, remembering to forgive quickly like, and, and forgiving deeply and finally, um, just to say, okay, we put it to rest and we're done. And we didn't bring that back up later when you're having another argument. And, and, and also we think that the, one of the biggest parts of forgiveness in marriage is just trusting that the other person is sincere, right? And so the things that they said and the things that you've heard that, you know, during the conflict, it's just important to make sure that they understand that you're sincere and you truly believe that. And, and because I feel like that will overcome a lot of the shortfalls of whatever you're having in an argument. Like if you're saying, you know, yeah. Trust I, is I'm, critical. Right. Trust Absolutely. is critical. Yeah. yeah. You have to, you have to, if your spouse is, is, is saying, I'm sorry and or forgive me. Um, you have to believe that they're sincere. Mm -hmm. That's just important. Okay. All right. So, um, the next thing I'm just going to touch on very lightly. Um, but it's this idea that, you know, life goals that you kind of do together though that's a very quick way to uh um to kind of get in front of some of the conflict that you're going to have in your life having discussions about the life goals that you have is a way to get in front of potential conflict um have these discussions periodically um and this whole life goal idea is understanding that especially when you're earlier in your marriage and there's so many decisions that have to be made um, that have radical impact on your lives, talk about them. Um, do it and, and, and do it prayerfully, right? Um, figure out what your combined goals are. Um, get on the same page with each other. Talk about the steps that you need to go through in order to get where you're trying to go. Yeah, just being purposeful with your conversations about yeah. where you're going in your life, right? Like don't, don't go and get a, a job in a different state without, without having a conversation with your spouse. You know, those are, yeah. it's, a, it's basic stuff. But I think we forget, we just like start living life and we forget to have these conversations. And even those, for those of us who have married longer, um, you know, you still have to have those conversation goals, you know, about like, oh, okay, if we're going to buy a house or if we're going to, 
get a rental property. I don't know, but, but you do have to discuss those things. And, and, um, okay. And so the very last thing we think that's most important is to get help. If you need help, um, you know, it's normal to need help and you don't have to be ashamed of it and, and don't wait. We think it's important to like, um, utilize the community that you have, your church community, your friends, your, the pastors, you know, people who were your guide to the side mentors, um, anyone, a professional counselor, um, or your doctor, if it, if it comes that there are so many ways to help, um, you know, couples overcome, uh, the, some of the stuff that you might be going, that might be going on in your marriage. And, and there's just no, there's no shame in that, um, you know, in, in getting help and, and because our community is, is the way that it is, there is a lot of help in different places. And so many people have been where you are in that moment of conflict. They, there's people have experienced or all bash. kinds of conflicts, yes. you know, so don't delude yourself into thinking, oh, you know, no one's going to understand this situation that we're in, that we're facing. It's like, no, people will understand there's people. And if, I, and if the person that you talk to immediately, your pastor doesn't necessarily know, you know, they're, they're going to know someone who does know. So, so there are people, I think people are always often amazed that like, they're like, Oh, somebody else is going through the same thing that we went through. And, um, that, but it's true. Like, you know, everybody, different people go through different things and there's always somebody in the community to be able to help you out and, um, you know, answer questions or help you walk through certain things. So, okay, Josh, <laughs> I think that's all we have. So awesome. Well, we have time for Q&A, though, so if we want to have any of that. So. Yes, we already have a few questions coming in. And so um, if you've thought of a question, go to dittonnorthchurch.com slash marriage. Click the little button that says uh, submit a question. And the first one we've got is, um, I guess this would be helpful from your perspective in your own marriage or maybe even uh, what you've seen in friends and, and other couples. But has technology helped or hindered conflict? Um, I think that's kind of referencing like texting and other types of communication that are different than, you know, just talking in person, which used to be the only way. So what are y'all's thoughts on that? Um, my thoughts are never text in a argument. Texting during arguments are, um, it's terrible. Like his note, cause they can't understand, you know, like how you're, uh, responding to something. The emotions are not there and it looks like it could look like they're, you know, being rude, but maybe they're not, you know, and, and I will say Joe got this new phone, which literally like he can only respond in like three word sentences for like anything and everything. It just takes and me so, a while. To yeah. Text. Yeah. So, so if he starts talking to me like that, like, and I'm asking him something serious, um, we're going to have an issue. So, so don't, so don't try to do that. But I think, um, I, I don't know. I, I think, maybe on FaceTime, you could be better off, you know, cause you can see the person's face and there's, um, but truly if you, if you really, I don't know, unless you were in a place where like you physically could not be together, it's always just safer to be together and in the same room and talking about something. That's, that, that's kind of the point that I would make um, is just that if you're going to have some of these, number one, it's good to be together in person without your devices and just have, even if it's not like a, a specific discussion that you need to have, or there's a conflict you need to kind of go over, 
But just being able to engage in that emotive sphere kind of discussion where you're sharing in each other's lives, you know, put down your phones, make time for each other. But if you need to like use, you know, um, like apps or if you need to use like video stuff, then because you can't be near each other. It's a tool. Yeah, it's a tool. It's a tool. Yeah. This next one says, uh, how do we feel resolve and closure in a conflict, conflict, especially if there's still a twinge of hurt from an old conflict? Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a, we had a guy to decide couple that, um, the, the woman in the relationship, she was still hurt by a breakup that they had, you know, um, six years prior to getting engaged. And, you know, I, and I, I often think about that situation because I, I wonder like if she's ever gotten over it, but that I think, you know, what we talked about in there about really working through hurts and really talking about it, you know, like your marriage is a safe place. So this is the safest place that you have to share um, your issues. And so you should be able to put it all out there and, um, you know, be done with that, like have said your share. And then um, if you're, but if you can't, if you still feel hurt, I think you have to like work with your spouse to actively work on like, okay, what is the reason for that hurt? Is it really the thing that we're arguing about? Or is it something else that is, is making me feel hurt, you know? And if it is, then what are the circumstances? Like we were talking about, you know, it's a lot of times it's not about the argument that you're having, but about the context of it, the the context of it. Like, where is it coming from? What is it stemming from? And how do we avoid those things or not do those things that make you feel that way? And of course, then we have conflict, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And to just to this end, if, if you find it difficult, forgiving your spouse and, and making it feel like it's final like it, it it takes time to heal wounds yeah. now forgiveness enables that healing to begin but it doesn't mean that it's an immediate kind of like um boom it's like it never happened kind of a thing you know there's consequences to the actions that we have and the, and the, and the trials that we face and that sort of stuff but it, it gives us a place to begin and it will heal but it's important that, you know, both spouses endeavor to, A, you know, not in, enter that situation that caused that grievance again, respect it, respect the spouse, giving them time to heal, um, continually putting credits in your spouse's love bank, mm-hmm. you know, building trust, especially if trust was broken, if there was an affair or something that mm-hmm. happened, you know, it takes time to reestablish that. If it's bad enough and you have trouble getting over it, talk to a mentor, talk to your pastor. If you need to get um, talk to a counselor, um, there's there's levels perhaps of addressing this stuff, um, but it's it's normal for these things to take time, okay? But it's not healthy to let these things that you've attempted to forgive remain forever. Right, and you know, forgiveness isn't really about saying just about saying I forgive this person, right? Forgiveness a lot of times is for ourselves, is for ourselves to let go of the hurt and the pain, you know, when you, if somebody's hurt you to say, I forgive you is about saying, I give myself to the, the, um, the right to move on from this, that I, that I am choosing 
freedom from, you know, whatever pain this is. So, so, um, but yeah, like what Joe said, it does take time and um, it takes work. Yeah, there's a lot that could be impactful within that, but yeah, definitely talk to someone. This, um, this next question is kind of on the heels of that, but it says, how do we know what to discuss with our spouse and what needs to be brought to a mentor? Hmm. <clears throat> well, I, I think there's a kind of a graduated response in my mind. Um, and there's a bit of wisdom here and there's a bit of, you know, it depends on what the circumstances are. So try to address at the, at the couple level first. In most cases, maybe there's a rare case, I can't think of one, maybe it would be good to talk to a mentor first before having that discussion. Um, and and so it's never a bad thing, in my opinion, to talk to a mentor to get their perspective on, on something like that. Um, but the one thing I would say is don't be afraid to talk to a pastor about something or to talk to a mentor about something that can only bear fruit and help, I would say, in a marriage. Sometimes, you know, you need a friend to kind of say, look, you're, you're being crazy about this. Or to you get know? perspective. <laughs> or to get perspective about this. Yeah. Or like, like you're, you're overthinking it or, you know, build a bridge, get over it. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Like sometimes you need that person to say, okay, you know, walk it back and, and, um, rethink it or, or maybe just you're wrong. You know, sometimes you need that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't feel pigeonholed into thinking that in certain things that you have to, you know, uh, uh, treat it one way or another. I would just say, talk about it at the couple level. If you can't, if you run into some issues with that and you have trouble resolve it, you know, then, you know, go and talk to a mentor, go and talk to a pastor. That's not, yeah, that's not, it's not bad. You know, it's like, you're not in trouble when you go talk to a, uh, a mentor, like uh, we had that, like when Joe and I first were talking about fostering, mm-hmm. um, I, I really had trouble even um, con- like even moving in that direction because uh, because we had infertility issues. And I was like, OK, I'm not yet ready for that, you know, and then we went to talk to Ronnie and he, you know, the, he talked to us about, you know, like, why are you even thinking about it this way, you know, and, and things to consider and, and just, I mean, he wasn't harsh or anything. He was just, but he just really kind of put things in perspective. And I think sometimes when you can go to a mentor and ask, okay, this is, this is what we're thinking. And just an outside voice sometimes can tell you, can yeah. give you a good idea, like whether you're on the right track or if you've just kind of slipped off the path. Yeah, couples counseling can be so good and healthy. Yeah. You know, it's it's whenever you stay in the dark and whenever you, even as a couple, whenever you stay in the dark and fail to go and talk about these things that it just festers and it gets worse. Mm-hmm. Um, do not be afraid to talk about it with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody submitted a comment. Um, someone wiser than me said, our phrase was, I love it when you are right. <laughs> That's a good one. That's impressive to remember to say that right in the middle of a conflict. <laughs> I feel like if I said that, though, there might be some, some of a, like, rearing up. <laughs> I feel like if I said it to Joe, if Joe said that to me, I'd be like, ooh. Yeah, I really liked your little picture of the cat, you know, and... Um, like your spouse mumbling something. I was like, Ooh, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, this next question is how do you deal with repetitive conflict? 
conflict that is either for the same reason or that goes poorly in the same ways? I think you have to really have a lot of grace about that. You know, like we're not perfect people and Mm -hmm. our marriage isn't perfect. And um, we try every day to do our very best and to have grace and patience with each other. And we pray that one day, you know, we'll be able to like be better people slow, you know, slowly, but surely it, it just, that's the thing about, I think about marriage, you just have to remember that we're in it for the long haul and we're in it together. Right. That, that even though like, yeah, some like it's for better, for worse. Yeah. And and, and so, you know, if it's a small thing, that's one thing, but then like bigger stuff, like then is it something that we need to take to a mentor? Is it something that you need to get help for? Like whether it's mental health or, um, you need, you know, other counseling, like that your spouse needs, you know, one-on-one counseling or, or whatever that might be. But the, I think the, the gist of it is that we have to keep working at it. Right. And then, and be yeah, patient with each other. Exactly. You know, be humble. Remember that you also are a broken human being. There's sin in your life that is repetitive. Mm-hmm. You do not deserve perfection. <laughs> You're not going to get perfection from yeah. your spouse. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's different levels of things that maybe need to be addressed differently. Um, if something is creating like, you know, a threat to the relationship, then that might need to be addressed more quickly with like a, with a mentor or pastor, you know, but in a lot of things, um, just remember that (laughs) the kinds of things that we go through in our marriage, um, Jesus covered all that. You know, Jesus covers all of that and we can continue to love each other in humility and in patience um, and endure all of these things. You know, we, we deserve death and hell. If, if we're just, if the worst that we have to deal with is a spouse that, I don't know, never takes out the trash or whatever, we're, never we're okay. Or never puts a trash bag in. That's me. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I'm not bitter. It's okay. It's okay. I've gotten over it. Anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true though. A lot of times we just have to remember that we are broken people, right? And, and we'll both work on it together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, guys keep submitting questions there. They've been pretty efficient in answering them. So I'm about to ask this one and then unless you guys submit more, we'll be out of questions. So we have them still for about 14 more minutes, but this question is, um, have you found it possible or helpful to, uh, to sometimes include humor, uh, into your conflicts to, uh, lighten, lighten up the, the heaviness <laughs> or the, the seriousness of it? Um, yes, I would say yes. Joe and I, are, I we sometimes, yeah, 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 he's kind of a, we're odd people. Let's just say, okay. We're just really if odd. Only knew. If you only knew the weirdness of our marriage, like, oh, that sounds real weird, but, um, <laughs> no, we're strange people. We're strange people. I mean, our, we have, we have voices for our dogs and we voice conversations. Not schizophrenic kind of voices. Yeah. But, just, but we yeah. voice conversations between our dogs and, um, they have specific like voices. And, and so, you know, we're just, we're just odd. I've lost the question now. Well, but the question was, is there room humor. for humor in a conflict? I think there's always room like for that. humor. We, we like humor. Uh, you know, it's, 
And then I think it's nice to, after you've had a conflict, to laugh about a laugh about it. Like, you know, in the, and talk about it. Like, let's say in the future, you're talking about, you know, oh, we used to, remember how we used to fight about this and, and laugh about it. Like, you know, cause I think a lot of times conflict is, can be real petty, you know, and we're just being small. And, and so, um, just remembering like, oh, we got over that. We, we no longer, you know, argue about that is fine. I, I don't know. I, and, and one other thing too, I think, um, coming into like, as a new, if you're newly married, coming into a marriage, you have to really adjust your expectations. I think the world tells us that we need to expect wives and husbands to be a certain way. And I don't think that's always the truth. I think that, um, there are some expectations that like, Oh, you know, a husband's is going to go out and, and, um, work this great job and take care of me. And then when he comes home, he's going to bring me flowers every time, you know, or he's going to, um, like dote on me like he used to when he was trying to like date me, you know, or that he'll go and um, do all these things. And then there's the expectations for wives to like have dinner on the table, all the laundry's done, you know, like that the floor is clear or whatever that might be. And I think these expectations get us um, like out of sync, like, cause then you're like secretly you're annoyed that your spouse isn't that way. Right. And, and we have to really check where those expectations are coming yeah. from. Marriage is messy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And because we're, we're, we're messy people. Yeah, and so sometimes you just have to be like, is that really a healthy expectation that I have? Or am I just like overthinking it or think that I deserve better? And then when we do think we deserve better, maybe we have to like do a heart check, right? Like, is this really truly um, what I need to be expecting or or should I really expect my husband to like you know really love God and honor me in all those ways you know like what's more important right um him bringing home like a $20 bouquet or him you know I don't know working hard at his job or I don't I don't know what what that what is (laughs) I'm just saying that we have to check our expectations you know so yeah humor you know if it fits good you know, if it's not appropriate for the situation, you know, don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, you know, get yourself it, in trouble. This this yeah. is where it gets to that your whole, your whole spouse's personality, your personality. You know, not I can't tell you what it's like for what would be best for you, but you know, sometimes we do that. Humor yeah, yeah, we'll have humor if it's lighthearted enough. It, if it is, and sometimes it helps. Like, and we we're we're kind of goofy people, and so we we don't mind that. We got another one just in time, uh, and they asked, "What are some other thing? What are some other things y'all used to fight about, but find funny now?" And then they said, "Would love to hear from some of the older couples in the Zoom, also." Mm, what do we used to fight about? Debbie, Don, if you guys have something right now, I'm gonna think here. Mm. <laughs> oh goodness! Yeah, I don't keep a record That's of wrongs, cool, y'all. You had some. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, god petty is the word mm-hmm. it really is you know it's discovering that you have regressed to a two-year-old mm. in your demands as an adult <laughs> you know and then having to be reminded of that mm-hmm. you know it's just like okay you know it would be everything from why isn't dinner ready to 
you know, the kitchen looks terrible. You know, when it's like, hello, I could clean the kitchen too. Why am I demanding <laughs> others to do that? You know, and then you get into the little and conflict happens. And then ultimately there's the, oh, I'm an adult. I, I, I think I better act like an adult. You know? <laughs> One of the things I remember is our, our first years of marriage when we would go on vacations. He, he was like, had this clipboard of fun plan of things, you know, he, he thought we were going to do for fun. And he, yet he wouldn't have talked to me about it. He just had this all in his head. And uh, now he's learned to throw the clipboard away and just go with the flow and enjoy, just enjoy being together and finding the adventure together. Mm-hmm. And that's been really, really nice. Yeah. Did we stall long enough for you to answer? Did you have <laughs> so, so I want to say that there's petty things happen even now, but some of the things that we talk about and later laugh about is we get hangry. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, y'all know what hangry means, right? So that's dangerous. It, 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 it can be. Um, and so it could be like Debbie, you're taking too long to choose something on the menu, something like that. Um, or Debbie wants me to make a decision when we're in the car about where we're going to go to eat or something like that. No, that's because you always force me to make the final decision about where we go eat. Yes. And I hate making decisions about where we go eat. And so he always is like, I've like given him three ideas and he's like, well, you decide. I don't care. I'm like, I didn't say that. I asked you to decide. I gave you these options, you know. So, yeah. so this is a this is a little a mini taste of the kind of bickering that even still we have <laughs> sometimes um, in our marriage. But I mean, yeah, we can laugh about that sort of stuff later. Um, Just like things like, did you feed the dog? You know, like who is supposed to be feeding the dog? We we used to have often have like, I thought you fed the dog. You know, I'm like, oh no, I thought you fed the dog. It's like you know, it's those small things like these things don't even matter well I mean, it matters to the I mean, dog. it matters to the dog yeah but it doesn't really matter in the long run but we're we would have these like arguments about like the trash yeah like when he takes out the trash he never puts the well never he often doesn't put the bag back in and then i'll throw something in there and it'll be like oh you know like okay i'll put it in so now i just know to always just put in a bag you know whatever he takes it out because i'm like it's it's not worth it that's a lot of the time. The The argument is not worth it. Sometimes it's just easier just to do it because I, like you said, not, you're an adult, you can do it and we'll move on because I don't have time for all of that nowadays. Yeah. Um, I'm not an older couple, but I'll share one. I think everybody will enjoy. Um, so my wife and I, in our first house we lived in, that we were renting at one point, some ants found their way into our house. Um, and the first night it happened, they actually came into our bedroom, um, and they bit my wife M a couple of times in the night. And we, then we tried to call a certain man the next day. They couldn't come for a couple of days. And so then we slept in our, uh, the other bedroom, like our guest room the next night and they crawled, the ants found their way in there somehow and they crawled past me and over to M and only bit her again. And so we ended up both not getting very good night's sleep and being grouchy and then fighting basically about how unfair it was that I didn't get bit and she did get bit, which 
<laughs> isn't really either of our faults, but certainly <laughs> was a, so a, a fight yeah, we could we, laugh about later. That's so good. Yeah, Joe, Joe has this like sweet blood or something like that. He has whatever type of blood the mosquitoes love, he has it. And mm -hmm. so I call him like, basically he's like my mosquito repellent. If there are mosquitoes out there and Joe's with me, I don't even worry. Like, because I know he will get bit and I will not get bit and I don't have to worry at all. So now it's like Kai, Kai has the same thing. And so I'm just like, I'm feeling good. I don't have to worry about mosquitoes during the summertime because I have him, my mosquito repellent. That's a term of affection, y'all. Yeah. yeah sure. Sure. Um, we just got another question and uh, they asked, what do I do if in my conflict with my spouse, um, they are wrong 100% of the time and I'm right 100% of the time? Mm. Is that a serious question? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's not. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. So first of all, zoom out on that on that argument whatever it is okay figure out what's what's the substance of the argument here or is there like um it's hard to address it's not exactly what it is yeah. um but you have to understand that in general you're probably not going to be right 100 of the time <laughs> especially if your spouse is um saying that you're not right 100 of the time um in most cases it doesn't even really matter <laughs> if you're right or not you just need to reconcile and make a decision together and move forward. Um, that's far more valuable than, than, than establishing to, the, to your own satisfaction that my spouse now understands that I was right in this. Um, look, that doesn't get you very far. Um, it doesn't build much relationship capital. It, take, it takes it out. You're, you're taking withdrawals. Um, and a lot of times, you know, you just have to like, um, also just recognize, okay, the things that my spouse is saying or whatever they're saying might not be real, might not be true. It might not be um, like rooted in reality, but is what they're feeling. It's what they're understanding, right? So you can acknowledge that, okay, I acknowledge that you are feeling this way. Um, that might not be real, you know, be correct. It might not be rooted in reality, but I acknowledge how you're feeling and I acknowledge how mm -hmm. you're thinking, right? And so, so that way they feel validated, but then you can move on and finally discuss, okay, is this really true or are you being subjective? Right? And does it matter? Yeah. At the end of the day, does it matter that you establish this? That you're right. And I think someone's shaking their head. I, mean, I don't know if you can always be a hundred percent right. That's like, that's pretty, that's pretty difficult. I think yeah. there was some humor intended in that, <laughs> yeah. um, but they got some good advice anyway. And then, we might have time for just one more. This is a good trivia one. So what does Joe wish that Debbie cooked more often? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, oh. As you can see, Joe, Joe has been lacking in you meals. See, yeah, here's like, okay, I, I, I love fried chicken. Love fried chicken. And Debbie can make really, really, really like better than any fried chicken you get anywhere else. Fried chicken. So I love it when she makes fried chicken. That's true. I don't make it that often. Probably because Joe's best friend is Kane's. And so I don't need to make um, chicken that often because he visits his friend a lot. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a fried chicken holic. 
I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think he could eat fried chicken probably what four times a week if you if you let yourself. Probably, and I'm pretty sure I've done that at times in my life. <laughs> But not, yeah. That, yeah, Debbie thing. can make bourguignon. She can make all these fancy meals and stuff, but I love her fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. That is great. Okay, well, I think we're going to close out, but I wanted to say, you know, everybody just get some snaps and some claps and thank you so much to Status for willing, being willing to speak with us today. We really, really appreciate it. Um, it was so great. And uh, I'll just remind you guys that um, the a little link to the homework um to download PDF is on the dentonnorthchurch.com slash marriage page. And just some questions to guide to kind of reflect on this seminar today. And we really want to encourage you to do that on a date night. And so that's kind of been the theme of what these seminars will always be is try to encourage you to go on a date tonight or the, or tomorrow night or sometime soon. Um, and, and talk through those things together. And so just download that ticket with you, save the link or whatever, um, and do that, um, as, as soon as you can, while this content's fresh and, and easier to reflect on. And then again, that page at northchurch.com slash marriage will be the one that has a link to the recording as well to review it later or to send it to your friends that uh, didn't come today, but you know, if they fight too often and, and you want to kind of just passive aggressively kind of send that to them. So to help them out a little bit. Um, <laughs> and then I wanted to announce our next month's seminar. You guys will kind of be the first to hear what's happening next month is on June 5th at 3 PM. We're going to have our third seminar. We have a very special guest. All our guests have been special. We're going to have Jennifer Conson come speak to us about sex and intimacy. She is a Christian sex therapist and counselor. And she was going to come speak to our family of churches last March, but then I think some sort of pandemic started sometime around then, if I remember correctly, <laughs> and she couldn't come. So she's going to speak. It'll be a little bit longer of a seminar, uh, but she'll be speaking on Zoom and that's going to be really exciting. So put that on your calendars, tell, tell other people because she's someone that um, you don't want to miss uh, any of these, but she's someone that we we, she's not in our midst all the time. So um, make sure to put that on your calendars. And then I just wanted to ask uh, if Debbie and Joe, if you guys be willing to, to close us in some prayer and just pray for our married couples in our community um, and just lift us up. Okay. Absolutely. Father, I just uh, thank you so much just for um, blessing us with each other. Um, God, I, help, I just ask that you would help us to love each other deeply sincerely to forgive each other from the hearts um that we would um just place all of our hopes in you and we'd recognize and have proper perspective that you're on the throne of our lives not us um it's not about what i want it's about who you are i just pray that you would help us just to live that out in our marriages um you would bless our communication with each other you would help us just to really connect with the heart level um, and to continually um, show appreciation, respect, and love for our spouses, that we build each other up. Um, Father, I pray for marriages that struggle, um, and just that you would um, bring healing there, that you would bring people into those marriages um, uh, 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 to just render count, um, some advice and counseling God, and just really to help um, bring restoration. Um, God, you are powerful. Nothing is beyond you. You're awesome. And we love you in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thanks again, guys. We appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thanks for coming.
Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.